Welcome to yet another insightful conversation of our EY Sustainability Podcast. Uh, my name is Nitesh Merutra, partner with EY Sustainability Tribe in EY. Uh, and as some of you and hopefully most of you know, our purpose here is to share inspiring stories on sustainable change management and how leading enterprises are creating value for their stakeholders. Also, we want to talk a little bit about the challenges and interdependencies that this transformation journey is highlighting for all of us. Uh, my guest today is Gayatri Divecha, the head of sustainability and corporate social responsibility at Goodridge, one of India's diversified business conglomerate. Uh, with a dynamic and visionary leadership, Gayatri has been at the forefront of driving sustainability in action and implementing sustainability initiative within. Godridge. Welcome to the podcast, Gayatri. Hi, thank you, Nitesh. Thank you for having me here on this. Pleasure, Gayatri. Thank you. So, Gayatri, let me just kick off quickly. Uh, the first one, Gayatri, that I want to talk a little bit about in terms of uh, infusing uh, business with sustainability and specifically focusing on sector and sustainability intelligence uh, and as a large conglomerate with diverse businesses, uh, how, in your view, do we need to approach the complex sustainability challenges which are unique to sector such as consumer products and building construction that you have? So how do you bring it all together so that the two can talk to each other and we are able to understand and relate the interdependency and interconnectedness of the business with sustainability? Yeah, that's a great question. And you're right, Nitesh, it is, it's a very complex canvas. Uh, I think sometimes we uh, complexify it more than we need to. Um, I'd say that, you know, the further along one gets in a sustainability journey as the company, whether that's, a, you know, in standalone company or a conglomerate, the more complex it does become, more, you know, there are more complex challenges that, that come up, there are uh, much harder things to solve for, uh, and so on. But if we are at the beginning of our sustainability journey uh, i think that what is key is to you know is to really keep it as simple as possible and and as close to the ethos of sustainability as possible now sustainability is it's it's actually quite simple right esg it's about what is our impact on the planet what is our impact on people and how are we governing this 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 impact and, the, and our business at large uh, so i think if we start off from a simple place of you know planet you know what do we what sort of what amount of water do we use what uh, what is our water pollution looking like what are our emissions? What kind of energy are we using? Um, you know, what? Uh, how much waste are we sending to landfill? Are we recycling? These are really simple questions that one doesn't need to be an expert at to to, uh, to, to answer, right? So I think sticking to the basics when one starts. And now, you know, we are quite far in the sustainability the sort of worldwide narrative. There's a lot of information out there. There are many frameworks. You know, there's, uh, you know, there's all kinds of indicators available that one can refer to. But I think asking ourselves the basic foundational questions, what 
what and how are we polluting? How are we treating human beings? And who is looking into all of this, you know, what, how, you know, our emissions, um, you know, whatever, whatever kind of pollution we are, uh, we have and, uh, you know, and our people processes or our treatment of people, whether that's communities, employees, shareholders or consumers. I think the simpler the questions, the easier. You're right that, you know, there is a, you know, there are broad frameworks uh, available. There's a lot that is, you know, globally uh, acceptable that is not necessarily as relevant for, you know, markets like India or other markets in Asia. That's fine because there's a lot of stuff that 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 exists in in India and in other Asian countries as well that are specific to these countries. So I think we should also, um, you know, not try to boil the ocean and focus on, you know, everything that a company, let's say, in one part of the world is focusing on we should also just sort of bring things back to where are we located um you know is there anything in in place in in our countries have regulators mandated certain you know principles of responsible business for example in india right that we can refer to um you know so i think that one needs to to bring it back to where we are physically present the other piece is around sectors right there you know there is fundamentally a difference between real estate and between consumer products between different kinds of agri businesses we have a very large uh, and diversified agri business which in itself is like a conglomerate right there's dairy animal feed uh, crop protection uh, seed uh, you know, oil palm plantations in India and the sustainability challenges and opportunities of each of these are quite different. There are, that being said, there are overarching sort of themes, right? In everything, every human action has some form of emission associated with it, right? Uh, for some, it may be more thermal energy that is causing, that is creating an emission. For some, it might be electrical. For some, the emissions, you know, in, in the immediate control may not be that high. So there are certain specificities, but there is a broad theme that can connect everything together. We need energy to power all of human existence and, and economic activity. Where is that energy coming from? Is it renewable? Is it not renewable? These sorts of things, despite the fact that there are, you know, there are specificities to each sec, each sector, um, there are these overarching themes as well. Same with human rights. You know, human rights are human rights, regardless of uh, which sector we're working in. How? What are the sort of gaps? What are the, um, you know, what are the risks? Those might sh shift a little bit, but the need to focus on human rights remains true for everything that involves all value chains that involve human beings. So, um, you know, I think there's enough in common, um, you know, while there's also enough uh, to, to be specific about. And again, there's a lot of information out there, many primers uh, that, uh, you know, organizations have written on ESG priorities for different sectors. No, thank you, Gayatri. And I think I completely agree with your point on simplification. And I think that's the same that we tell all our practitioners uh, you know, the more we simplify, I think the better. Uh, I also like the point, uh, Gayatri, that you alluded to is that listening to your stakeholders eventually gives you the right perspective from, from your business. And, and obviously, as we all know, sustainability is, 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 is more about actively engaging with your stakeholders. So absolutely couldn't agree more, uh, Gayatri, and, and thank you uh, for that perspective. Uh, so shifting uh, a little bit, uh, Gayatri, the next one that I want to focus on is uh, obviously governance tone at the top, uh, you know, and how do we manage this complex program and, uh, 
you know, as I always say, environmental and social are, you know, goals, governance is how we got get here, right? So, uh, so when you look at governance and the framework that that you've set up, uh, how does it look? Uh, you know, what is done at the group level versus entities that you talked a little bit about, and how how do you ensure in such a large conglomerate and a setup which is diversified that everyone is coordinated and collaborating? You know, for leading practices and learning across the group entities. Yeah, it's not always easy. This second part of your question, ensuring coordination and um, you know everyone's alignment and you know everybody working in the same direction. It, the larger again, the larger the company, the larger the conglomerate, the more complicated it becomes. Um, you know, there are obviously inherent challenges in that, but you know, I think we've. I think we've been able to manage it quite well so far uh, at uh, at Godridge Industries Limited and Associate Companies, where a group of six companies, four of which are publicly listed uh, and two of which are privately held, we have something called a group management committee, which uh, which governs this group of six companies um, and all aspects of it, including ESG. So the um, you know the GMC or group management committee uh, meets um, frequently. I think they meet every month, and then you know there are presentations on various aspects of business across the group, including uh, ESG uh, and CSR. Um, sometimes we do deep dives uh, into ESG and CSR, and ultimately the GMC is the is the you know is the body that has approved and signed off all of our long-term ambition goals plans strategies etc um so our current five-year plan which is you know 22 to fy26 um, you know for is it is an example and then thinking you know long longer term thinking around what do we do beyond that again is is signed off by the gmc and it consists of you know the mds of um, all of our uh, all of our group companies as well as the promoters of the group um so that's you know that is very helpful because it's 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 at right at the very top of governance of our group um, and so we have their sponsorship and we have uh you know more importantly for for us as a sustainability team um you know we have their feedback their guidance and they challenge us which is which is what we need and they challenge businesses um you know thereafter we've got each of the um you know each of the group companies has their own board of directors uh, and has a sustainability or esg committee uh, which is the subcommittee of the board same way that csr is regulated in india to have a csr committee we've taken a call to also have a separate esg committee at the board level that way uh directors including you know you know, including promoters, MD, etc., and independent directors have visibility into our sustainability, have decision making on our strategies, can assess sustainability risk at the highest level, and can be accountable to our shareholders and other stakeholders. So for us, those ESG committees are really important. Uh, we then make sure that all management committees uh, of each or executive committees, uh, as they're called in some of our businesses, of each of the businesses have again visibility and uh, an oversight on ESG uh, all of our ESG we managed to so we, we did this top-down approach really in the past I'd say you know with this top-down approach we strengthened it really in the past three four years we've started off by building bottom-up 
right? Ensuring that every factory, for at least for our emissions reduction, all of our green initiatives, uh, emissions reduction, you know, water and so on, uh, waste, renewables, uh, we, we ensured that every single factory had somebody who was responsible and every single factory head had this as part of their KRAs, you know, improving our energy efficiency, increasing our renewables, reducing our use of water, and so on. So we actually built it uh, bottom up. Um, at that point, you know, each obviously the heads of manufacturing of each of our of each of our um, manufacturing companies also had KRAs, you know, that um, along these lines. Um, and then we would have a green council that would meet every, you know, every uh, couple of quarters or so, sometimes every quarter. And we'd have updates from all the regions, all the group companies, all their regions on, you know, what initiatives they had taken. And again, this was chaired by one of our promoters. So we built it, you know, sort of bottom up. And then we said, okay, now we need to, now we need to ensure that this is going, you know, when, when we realized that our sustainability journey was more, had to be more than, um, you know, than uh, improvements in our, uh, in our emissions and in our manufacturing processes, um, you know, when we realized that we had to pivot from process to product, then we, you know, we, then, you know, there was also this realization that it that for each group company sustainability had to be more uh, you know sort of visible to and governed by those by each company's management committee um, so that's how we went at it and then you know obviously built the board committees and so on um, so so for us it's at really at every single level uh, of our group companies you know there's even you know even if you look at like you know an example is a good example is gcpl which is a you know, which is a MNC now uh, and has operations in, you know, Indonesia, Latin America, the African continent, and of course, India and, you know, neighboring countries. All of these, you know, are, divide, are clusters, right? India is one cluster, LATAM is another one. Within India, there are, there are sub-clusters. Same story in, you know, in Africa, Africa is one cluster, but within that, there are different markets. At every level, there's, you know, sustainability has been embedded, whether it's human rights assessments that is being held by HR teams, whether it's emissions reduction that's being held by factory teams or plastics improvements, which is being held by packaging and R&D teams. So it's literally at every single level um, that this exists. And we found that, you know, creating this huge matrix um, is incredibly important because you know, I keep saying this and I, I feel really proud to be associated with a group where this is a reality that, you know, ESG is not a, the sustainability team's job, right? If that's the case, then we are failing, right? ESG is everybody's job. Every single department, every team, every business has a stake in ESG. And if we are able to deliver on that, that's when we're really successful in a authentic uh, sort of manner, you know, where we're not greenwashing and, you know, sort of putting out things that aren't uh, necessarily accurate. So, you know, that's how that's how we think about it. And without this matrix, it's very difficult to stay true to that ethos. I'd just like to, you know, sort of add one more thing, right, on this governance piece. It's great to have governance, but without the right kinds of values in place that governance also becomes a checkmark exercise, right? What, what are our values when it comes to how we do business? Are those same, are we, are we ensuring those same values are how we're, you know, going about our ESG journey and progress? This is 
I can't tell you how important this is. We all know that ESG has become the flavor of the, I'd say, decade maybe. Uh, but you know, can we? You know, we we there. It's it is imperative that we do this in the correct manner, right? Because, um, you know, the effects of climate change are real. They're there, uh, and you know, not doing it inauthentically is not, uh, you know, on in a in a way that's not values based is really not going to help the climate crisis. Then we're better off just not doing anything. So I'd, I'd say governance, yes, the right structure, but without values, you know, doesn't go anywhere. No, no, guys, we can't uh, can't agree more. I, and I think I love the way you said uh, two things that really, uh, you know, resonated. One is uh, how can our values create value? Eventually, that's what this journey is all about. And, uh, you know, ultimately is about our values and I think second thing that I really liked is uh, sustainability is everyone's business, right? Because yeah. uh, as you rightly mentioned, it's embedded in everything that you do. And uh, I think it's it's great to hear the journey evolving both top down and bottom up. And uh, certainly, as you said, sustainability committee at, at the at the board level does set the right tone at the top. Uh, but eventually, I think it's absolutely, I think everyone right from you know, the the boardroom uh, to the entire watchman kind of following the same value system. Uh, and uh, I think that's certainly a leading practice that we're seeing. So it's good to know. And also, I think the point that you talked about embedding KRAs, because that's very, very important. Eventually, yeah. people behave as per what their KPIs are, right? So I think if we can instill the right balanced uh, scorecard uh, to your point, then I think that kind of makes it a little bit easy operationally. No, that's fantastic. And so, Gayanthi, moving on, uh, talking a little bit about, uh, you know, digitization, the role of data, and obviously we all know it, it can be a competitive differentiation. And also, uh, I think uh, a great enabler for trust creation. I think you alluded to greenwashing, right? So that how do we have a single version of truth and traceability of the data? So, Talk us a little bit about uh, how digitalization, data, tech, whichever name called, how is that, uh, you know, getting, uh, how is sustainability get it, getting embedded in that? And what are some of the examples, if, if you could quote for some of, uh, you know, for our listeners, that'll be great, that how is it enabling you to accelerate uh, your sustainability-led transformation? Yeah, that's a great question. And, you know, really, honestly, Nitesh, a million dollar question, right? Um, because, you know, ultimately, we can only make the right decisions about sustainability if we have access to, um, you know, high quality, robust, um, you know, data sets that are also wide enough, right? Sustainability is a big space. Um, you know, there are considerations like, you know, where is, you know, a derivative of an oil you know where is the oil, where is that oil being grown in the world and how many you know sort of how far has it come how many sort of hands and businesses has it passed through this question of traceability of really complex global supply chains especially with you know things commodities um you know it's 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 a it's it's a really hard problem to solve for um you know even things like uh, you know our scope 3 you know our scope 3 emissions um, you know obviously because it's connected to 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 what we're purchasing uh, but also you know what is you know what are what are the scope 1 and 2 emissions of our suppliers because that's our scope 3 um you know things these are these are really difficult um, sort of things to get accurate and high quality data for um, you know that being said again i feel like one you know we need to uh, you know sort of start with what is in our immediate control right there's 
you know, and, you know, things like, uh, you know, what are we purchasing in terms of volumes that helps because, you know, there are emission factors um, that we can use, what kinds of, uh, you know, what, uh, how do we capture data in existing systems, whether it's SAP or other, um, you know, these, I think we need to really, nobody really gets excited by, everybody gets excited by hearing, you know, data and technology, but, you know, let's be honest, the really, you know, there's, there, there's a, there's a lot of uh, upfront you know, hard effort required in getting data together that nobody is excited about doing, right? Nobody wants to manually enter into systems what was in spreadsheets or, I don't know, on little chits of paper, etc. But this is the reality of all businesses, small, large, you know, we, um, you know, we all could do much better on uh, digital systems and, and data collection because we need that data, right? We need that data to make the right kinds of sustainability decisions. We need that data to track um, you know, the 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 things that we want to see progress on. I think that there is a huge, there are, you know, there are some solutions out there, of course, um, but I think that there's, you know, there's, uh, there's still huge potential to build for this. But I was really quite happy to see, um, you know, the ESG compass that you guys have developed, which will effectively enable companies to, uh, you know, to pull ESG data into one place from different uh, sources of data that they already have, right? Uh, you know, so that's a great development, and I think it can incentivize companies to the fact that something like that exists um, and can be used. I think it will incentivize companies to clean up the underlying systems that feed into that, right? Um, you know, I cannot stress the importance of doing this enough. I think beyond, you know, there's one bit is actual, you know, the 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 data itself. The other piece I find equally important uh, in, um, you know, in ESG is the right sort of perspective and the, having access to different perspectives and having access to, you know, people uh, sort of uh, holding up a mirror or organizations holding up a mirror. I feel, you know, it's great, you know, data exists. One can do any, you know, one can also do anything one wants to with data. You can tell a, you can make data tell the story you wanted to tell, right? How does one, you know, how do, you know, and of course, um, you know, to be to remain authentic, to to sort of really go to deeper and deeper levels of you know transformative impact in in ESG. I think it's equally important to have you know a set of advisors. Whether you know some you know, some companies have done advisory sort of boards um, for ESG who challenge them, who give them this outside-in view. Uh, I know we've relied on you and your team, Nitesh, quite heavily for that, uh, you know, in the in the past, to give us this outside-in view, right? To go out to our stakeholders, do things like materiality assessments or double materiality assessments, to ask our stakeholders what they honestly think about you know, our businesses from an ESG perspective, knowing full well that they're going to be much more open and honest with you than they will necessarily with us. I think that, you know, the, um, you know, that access to, you know, organizations like yours and, and others who can provide different perspectives, who can hold a mirror up for us and say, hey, you know, what about this, this blind spot that you seem to clearly have, you've not considered this. I think that is, you know, immensely valuable in addition to the to the data absolutely gayatri i i think uh, some great points there and i think you balanced it well uh, because uh, uh, ultimately i think it's it's a, it's a it's a complex problem to solve uh, you know especially as you mentioned uh, 
right from uh, you know cradle to cradle or farm to fork right because you don't know the supply chain the supplier supplier but uh, but i think as you mentioned worth kind of chasing that right because eventually that's what will build trust and really uh, you know make sure that whatever is coming our way and and the data that we are leveraging for decision making is accurate and and complete uh, uh, so, so thank you, uh, Gayatri, for that perspective and and you know also inputs for our listeners, you know to kind of really think through you know in in a phased manner. Uh, coming to Gayatri, the last section of our discussion today, I, I wanted to spend a few minutes and just get some of your learnings, challenges. Uh, you know, what are some of the do's and don'ts that you would tell our listeners? You know, so that they are a little bit better prepared in this complex and interconnected journey that you talked about. So what would be your key learnings that you'd like to share uh, with some of the practitioners on the call? Yeah, no, I think for us, and you know, we've been on this sort of structured sustainability journey for about 13 years now. Um, you know, and I'm sure that there are, you know, there are many organizations who've been on this structured journey much longer than us. And I'm sure they'd agree, right? I don't want to speak for them, but I can speak for us that even after 13 years, we still sometimes feel that, oh gosh, we've just touched you know, the tip of the iceberg. There's so much more to do. There's always going to be more to do. We're always going to be able to do what we're do currently doing much better. Um, but I think the, the, the key needs to remain on the here and now. What do we need to do right now, you know, to uh, and, and how can we approach that in the most uh, sort of simple of ways? Uh, simple doesn't necessarily mean easy, right? Um, but how can we how can we approach that in the most simple of ways that is genuine and creates an impact, right? Um, you know, ESG is, like I said, it's become so fashionable, right, to talk about ESG, to, you know, to do ESG. And I think that we need to really be honest with ourselves as, you know, as C-suite and, uh, and as ESG professionals. Are we being authentic? You know, are we picking up, you know, you know, and I get that there's, you know, there's always a need to balance things, to have a few quick wins. So I'm not saying we don't, we don't do that. We definitely should. But if our ESG is only about quick wins uh, and not really getting to the really difficult questions, right, um, then I think we're doing a bit of a disservice. Uh, so I feel, you know, I feel like that, you know, that honesty of approach, you know, get, hitting the difficult things, but also, you know, in, investing in a few quick wins, uh, balancing things out um, is key. I think another big learning for us was that you know if the whole organization doesn't play a part, then it then it just doesn't work, uh, and it's not always easy, you know, to get the whole organization to play a part. Uh, it yes, climate change impacts everybody, uh, and it's every it is everybody's business, but we have to be uh, you know realistic as well. Because people have different priorities, right? Not you know every every single role at at a company has their own set of goals, has a lot on their plate. You know everybody's trying to do the best they can. You know, um, so I feel like we also do need to demonstrate enough patience with our colleagues as sustainability professionals. Give you know give influence, but also give room for, uh, you know, people to come up with their own, uh, you know, their own ideas, their own contributions. Uh, I feel like, yeah, there is an urgency to the climate crisis, no doubt. But, um, you know, 
forcing people is not going to is not going to help them act more with more urgency right uh, or in the right manner so um, you know i feel co-opting people along the journey is important the other thing i learned quite recently was to you know uh, you know it was quite it was i'm very thankful to the person who told me this um, you know they said go out and you know i think you need to go out and and, and hear the listen to the activists uh, a little bit more right because um, you know businesses businesses have typically you know position themselves uh, you know at the opposite end of the spectrum uh, you know from activists that being said i think you know people who are uh, potentially the most critical of us might have the most to teach us about where we need to go and what we're not able to see uh, about our own, about our own uh, sustainability uh, progress and you know blind spots um, so i feel really engaging with you know, it's it's always nice for people to agree, right? But that doesn't help us grow or improve. So engaging with those who disagree, um, you know, potentially can unlock um, the most, you know, the, the the greatest amount of learnings and growth. So um, those have been some of the few of the things that I have learned on this um, on this sustainability path. That's that's amazing, Gayatri. I I love the way you talked about authenticity because. I think I also believe that a lot of time it it becomes a distraction, right? Rather than focusing on on the core. And I think the point that you mentioned at times there are no easy answers. Uh, so I think collaboration is the best probably we could do. Uh, and and I think this journey or this word ESG and acronyms, alphabet soup as I like to call, should not become uh, you know a, a distraction. Uh, to your point, so absolutely, completely agree. The other point, Gayatri, I think that you mentioned, I think is also very, very critical. I just want to emphasize for our listeners is, you know, talking and having an outside in view, people who are, uh, you know, having a point of view on, uh, you know, from outside in, from the societal communities. I think if we listen to them more, uh, it could serve us really well, uh, you know, and and be a little bit empathetic towards uh, the point that they are making, and that could give us comparative differentiation in in our journey. So. Uh, thank you, Gayatri, uh, for sharing such uh, wonderful uh, and I would say very authentic insights on on this complex journey. There are no easy answers, uh, you know, to your point. And this journey is obviously evolving, emerging uh, day by day. Uh, uh, thank you, Gayatri, for your time and 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 you know sharing with us, uh, you know, your perspective. And would love to have you back at some point of time uh, for our listeners to share how the journey continues uh, to evolve and, and emerge. Uh, but thank you, Gayatri, for your time and, uh, and, and the perspective. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Bye.